Initiatives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women, like exactly who I am talking with today, Jersey Banks. Jersey, welcome. Hi, it's good to be here. Thank you for taking the time to, to talk with us. So I, I think we should start. I have a degree in theater, which I feel I have used, but not in the way that I planned on it. And I see that you you have a degree in dance from the new school. So maybe you could kind of take us in your career just quickly. You know, how'd you go from studying dance to where you are now? Um, it's, you know, I, it's a New York story, I feel like. Um, you know, you move to New York with all of your your dreams and your ambitions and um, dance was mine. I danced from like the age of three until after college uh, professionally. And, you know, when I graduated out of new school, it was 2008 and it was pretty much like the height of the market crash. Um, So there were not a lot of opportunities. There's not a lot of opportunities for paid dancers anyway, but at that time it was, very, very slim. Um, and when you have to pay rent, you know, <laughs> you, you find yourself doing a lot of other things to uh, scrape by. And eventually dance just kind of fizzled. Um, I'm sure you know, as like it, being in the performing arts, it's uh, it's a tough gig, you know? It, it takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment. It And if you, don't have that to to give to it, you know, it can, it can fizzle pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. Well, well, tell us, although I have to, I mean, maybe it's not exactly the same for you in dance, but I I use my acting all the time in ways I never thought I would. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I used my, my dancing, but I used it for like doing music videos and then like doing modeling. I like, I I didn't become the artist I thought I was going to become. And then that transitioned into me working in nightlife, which transitioned into me working um, you know, more so in hospitality and doing, you know, bottle service and things like that. And then um, I had like a huge client base and got into real estate, <laughs> which is how I met my partner, my now life partner, business partner, father of my child. <laughs> and that is, and then we started the cowboy together. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Tell us about Urban Cowboy. So Urban Cowboy was you know, it, it started in Brooklyn. Um, we had space in a city where space is a huge commodity. Um, and we wanted to open up that space. Like I said, I come from, I had a nightlife background. So I worked in an industry that was very exclusive. Um, and it was all glitz and glamour and, you know, pay to play. And I was, you know, kind of sick of that. Um, And we had this opportunity to have like a really inviting space where we could invite like a creative community in um, and have it be open to conversations and like building relationships. And um, it just kind of skyrocketed, you know? Uh, And within a few weeks, we were like in all the glossy mags and like we were getting hit up for interviews and we were like, we were on to something basically. Um, and we were just really having a good time, you know, uh, and we got the call for Nashville about six months in and, you know, people were saying it to us over and over again. 
so we went and we found a property within a few hours of being there. And that's kind of what set us on the trajectory of really trying to expand this brand. So for people that might not know it, although so many people do, these are hotels, motels. We started out as like a very cute, like mom and pop bed and breakfast in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. with a townhouse that had five bedrooms. Um, Lion designed it and our design started to get a lot of uh, features. And Nashville, when we went to Nashville, we opened more of a boutique hotel. Mm -hmm. They're still under the same name, Urban Cowboy. And it's uh, Queen Anne Victorian. It has eight suites. Um, You know, we found some things that kind of hit the mark in Brooklyn, which was like, we have a, we had a tub in a cabin in the backyard. So we had a freestanding cabin that was like our biggest suite. Um, And everyone loves a bathtub in their room. That was like a very big hit. So every room in Nashville has a tub in the room. Um, And that's been kind of something we like to play on. We like to play with elements, um, fire, water. So, you know, we have bonfires throughout the entire winter. Um, We cooked on an open fire for a while at our public house there, our bar and restaurant. Everyone likes to drink. Everyone likes to eat. So, you know, we're just trying to, you know, play our our biggest hits. So let me ask you a, a question, you know, so the pandemic comes and business and travel ground to halt. H- how did you navigate through that time? Um, it was really tough. We actually had opened our fourth property about a week after or a week before the shutdown. Um, and that is our lodge, which is upstate New York. Um, it's in uh, big Indian and we you know, it was our biggest property to date um, in terms of like service model, room count, all of the things. And it was really tough. We, like I said, had built an entire brand that's based on like sharing and community and like being (laughs) together with people. And we had a chef here who was creating a whole food program around shared plates and like family style seating. And um, we had to really pivot 180. Um, We had to get very, very creative in how we could offer, you know, kind of luxe experience uh, within those confinements. And um, we did shut down. We shut down for a little while and then Mm -hmm. we had to let go of a lot of our staff, which was also very hard because our staff is very close to us. We're a very small team, Mm -hmm. Um, but they worked it out. I mean, they they really pulled through. Um, I've, I'm very, very, very impressed with my staff. Like I can't say enough about them, especially at the lodge up here. Um, in the Catskills where you are now. Yeah, I'm in the Catskills right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wild because New York actually, even though it was kind of the Mecca for uh, you know the pandemic and it was like a very, very tough place to be, people were escaping the city. They were like, we got to get out of here. So the lodge became like a safe haven for them almost. A lot of open air. The summer was really beautiful up here. Um, you, could, you could be outside, you could hang out. You know, we, we shut down our, our public space um, and we were like a mask only and like hyped up our PPE. But yeah, I mean, it the lodge really worked out. The lodge was great. Um, in Nashville, it was a little bit, we're a small property there. The South wasn't as diligent mm-hmm. um, in their thinking of 
staying home and like, you know, once, once a, that initial quarantine was over, they have a very different mindset down there. So, you know, we had, we went from open to shut down, from open to shut down and it, they just kind of came back around. I mean, we just followed all the rules and we did like a lot of to-go service and, you know, hyped up our rooms and uh, the cleaning and everything that was going on in the hotels. And yeah, um, our third property, which is called the Dive Motel had probably the hardest time because um, we're a giant pool party there. You know, yeah. it's a very different, it's a very different environment. Um, and that was, that was a tough summer for us there. Was there, is there anything that you learned during that time as a business leader that you're going to continue with, or is it, are you just happy to be able to go back to how things were? Um, I mean, I'm, I am happy to go back to how things were, but we definitely learned a lot. Uh, we learned a lot about and like your relationships with your staff um, and how finicky that can be, especially when they are making more money not coming to work. Uh, and you know, as a business owner, you realize your limitations with being able to really provide for them. Um, and you also realize that you know we're, we are spread very thin across four properties when it comes down to running them ourselves. Um, Lion actually did end up running the Nashville property for a little bit. I was also very pregnant, so I was no help. <laughs> oh, so you ju you just you're recently a mom. I'm recently a mom. Yes, I was pregnant through quarantine. She was not a quarantine baby. I was pregnant before all that, um, but. Yes. Yeah, so I was, when quarantine was happening, I was staying very, very far away from all of our businesses because I couldn't be on site. Um, I couldn't be around people. I was, you know, about to be in labor. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you just realize, I think the opportunity to really like give your employees what they need to be successful and to keep your businesses running was, um, something that you, you have to be very, very thoughtful about. Um, and I think like a lot is happening now that people are going back to work and realizing that minimum wage just isn't enough, you know, and that we should be able to offer a lot more. I'm glad we're still here. And yeah. <laughs> we made it and we like, you know, we have the commitment and we have a lot of, you know, a lot of staff that are very um, committed to us, which is great. That sounds like an incredibly stressful time to be going through, to be pregnant, to, you know, in an industry that was especially hard hit by the pandemic. What did you do? Were there any things you did to stay relatively sane? I mean, you know, I just, I think we had to look at everything as also being an opportunity it was kind of one of those things that it was like, we're going to fight for it as hard as we can. And we'll take every opportunity we can to like, to, to save ourselves. But at the end of the day, if we lose it all, like we lose it all and we rebuild and we start over, like we we're resilient and that's just what it was going to be, you know? It, it is a, it was a time that really tested everyone's resiliency. I think that's for sure. So there was a recent piece on you in Fodder's Travel where you said, after a year of reflection, 
I feel like everyone is looking to make changes in terms of how they do things. And because of that, I think women of color have a huge advantage right now. People want to be seen, they want to be represented, and they want to support businesses that they can relate to. We have a real opportunity to make waves and support all women. I think that's huge in 2021 and will be even more so going forward. And so I'd love to talk about two things in there. Uh, the first around reflection and people changing how they do things. What do you feel is the most significant change? Um, I mean, we had like a, a huge, there was the big slowdown, right? Uh, people had time to really um, pay attention to things uh, that were happening. It was a big uh, political year, I would say. You know, we had an election, we had uh, Black Lives Matter, we had women's, uh, like women's rights really being pushed to the forefront. Um, and I think people, within that because they had time and they were at home and there wasn't a lot to do they really got to like look into their lives reassess their values see what was going on in the world and they started to find their voices um they started to find a voice and say and having an opinion about what is happening in the world um and it was a big year for that i mean cancel culture is huge right yeah. um so good and bad uh, with that, but I think it's regardless, it's here and it's at the forefront. Everyone feels the right to to vocalize what they want right now. And that is big. I think it's really big for women. I mean, you can't deny what's going on in the landscape, especially here in America with women, you know, getting high positions in um, political office, women, um, really stepping to the forefront, business women stepping to the forefront. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a game changer, I think. And with that, I think Black women have a huge opportunity because there isn't, uh, you know, in, okay, so in business right now, people, I think, are going towards what they feel represents them as a consumer. And Black women are have been for a while. I mean, they're, they are big consumers. They have deep pockets. Um, it's not, uh, there isn't, there is still a gap obviously, but it's not, uh, it's not as prevalent as it would seem. So they have a voice now to say, I want to be represented. I want to push forward people who are like me. And that is the opportunity for that is, uh, is valid. It's very valid right now. And other people are paying attention to that. And they are saying, okay, I'm going to reassess my values and think about how I want to be on like the right side of history, we'll call it. And I'm also going to support that. And I'm going to support what I think matters. My last guest, Sonia Jackson-Miles, had a lot to say around that too, in terms of, as a Black woman, the opportunities she felt other, she's, she's a huge success, very big in corporate America, and then started this amazing nonprofit, and just saying how things had changed so much in corporate America and just across business in general since she had started. She rose at Procter & Gamble to one of the most senior positions, which was very unusual for a woman, let alone a black woman at that time yeah. before she started. So it is an, it is a really interesting time for people to sort of reassess 
what they can do, what they want to do, and you know, sort of in a slightly different vein, but in terms of reflection, I mean, it sounds like you figured out something that would make you happy and did it. And this is a time where a lot of people, as you say, are reflecting and thinking, what do I want to do with my life? Right. What advice do you have for them? Do it. I mean, like I was saying, like there were moments during the pandemic where I was like, Hey, we might lose it all. And like Lion's looking at me, who's my partner. And he's like, we might lose everything. And he's, you know, terrified. And I'm like, Hey, we might lose everything. <laughs> like, let's like, who, like, you know, this is, there, there's never been a, I've never felt like that before, but I think when you're really faced with it, it, it why not? why not start over? Why not do exactly what it is that you want to be doing? Um, why not take the risk, you know? And obviously there are reasons why not, but like overall, I think, you know, there's no linear path to get to success. And I think that when you have, in like when you're in corporate America and when you are in the, under these big companies, like we're, we're small business owners, this is a creative business. We have to think outside the box every single day. Right. Um, we don't, there's no ladder to climb. There's no steps, you know, there's no one's hiring us and saying, if you do, if you hit this goal, then you get to do the next thing. You know, it's kind of like you want to be doing it, just start. I think that's terrific advice. So what's next for you and for Urban Cowboy and for your different properties too? Um, so we are going, we have two things that are kind of big on the, the docket. Um, we are opening, well, we are working on another property um, in Denver, which is very exciting. I'm from Denver, so I'm going back home. Um, And we are also going to be opening our creative studio um, out of our Brooklyn location. So we're taking that property back um, and we're just going to run our creative house out of there. And what does that entail? That is... So we have a huge creative team that we use on all of our properties. And there's there's ins and outs of using different um, artists and makers and creatives that, you know, come with each location and are can, you know, be based where we are. Um, but we do have a pretty solid team that we work with all the time to create our content and also to design our spaces. So even though Lion is our head designer, um, we have an amazing wallpaper that does custom wallpaper for us that we work with. We have uh, really amazing photographers. We have um, really like we have great people who work on copy and brand experience and all of that. And so we are bringing all of that in-house and offering it up, I guess, like as guns for hire a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so yes, we will be doing that work out of our Brooklyn location. So design, um, marketing, that kind of genre. That sounds really exciting. Okay, well, I'd just love to end this by asking you, um, and you gave some great advice already, but if there's one piece of advice in particular that has helped guide you through your life and your career that you could share with us? Um, You know, I think I had a, this probably comes from dance, but I... I believe that there is um, there's a patience that you can have with really putting things forward that are of quality. And if it doesn't feel like, 
I try to only be involved in things that I would actually want to partake in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the spaces that we build are spaces I want to be in. They are places I want to hang out. I want to bring my friends to, um, I want to eat there. I want to drink there. It's, you know, it's all involved. And I think to me that there's a level of quality that we try to deliver and it, it can take time to do that. And I think that taking the time to do that is the, the best thing you can do for yourself and for success. Fantastic. Well, Jersey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today.